0: Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy where my mission is to help you get shit done. I'm your host Brandy Good, and today we're gonna talk about how to create an online course when you have very little to zero budget. This is not a long-term solution for most people but it is a way to get your course up and running so that you can start generating revenue and getting social proof from your students. Both of which are gonna go a long way to help you make more money so you can invest in more streamlined and more powerful tools down the road. Here's some tough love for you. A lot of you have dreams of online courses, but you get so freaking caught up in the tech details about what platform to use that you just never get going. So here's my challenge to you today. Shit or get off the pot. Create your course or move on to something that you can get done quicker and is gonna generate you some revenue right now. I'm gonna give you a few examples of tech stacks that you can use to create an online course that is either gonna cost zero dollars a month or will not add anything to your monthly expenses because they're tools you're already using and already paying for. And after this, if you still can't get out of your own way tech-wise, then you probably need to look deeper into what's got you stuck because I'm imagining it might be something fear-based and not necessarily due to the tech. Let's jump into an example of what one of these tech stacks might look like. So number one, the big thing that people generally get stuck on is where to host your course. Um, And I often get asked about, oh, should I go with Kajabi? Should I go with Thinkific? Should I go with Teachable? And there seems like there's new solutions out there all the time because we are in the, the online course and membership boom right now. <laughs> so um, here's my first suggestion of a free course hosting platform that you can use to just get going quickly. And it is none of the ones that I just mentioned. It's a Facebook group. Uh, So I have another blog where I talked about using your Facebook group to host a course. And it's something that uh, most of us know how to use, either because we run a group or we've been part of a group. You kind of are familiar with how it works. It's free. Uh, Potentially, depending on your course and your ideal students, uh, they might already be on Facebook. So getting them to join a Facebook group isn't that much of an ask. Um, and Facebook group groups actually have quite a few tools that make it really conducive to running an online course. And if you wanna know exactly what all of those are, you can go read that blog post. I'll link to it in the show notes for your reference. Here's some other things. Um, so if you wanna have online meetings with your students, um, if it's just, you talking more webinar style and then asking questions, you can do a Facebook Live inside your group. If you need more like a a live together video conference type of thing, well, if you're all already on Facebook, um, Facebook Messenger would work perfectly. Um, There also is a new feature in groups to create like a room, I think it's called a room that has kind of the same the same ability to have uh, meetings and stuff like that. so again, use Facebook uh, if you need to communicate with your students, again, your Facebook group is a really good place if you if you need to send emails, just use whatever email service you have. Don't necessarily get wrapped up in having to have an email service that has lots of automations and stuff. If you're starting out, chances are you don't have, you know, like hundreds of students. And so if you just are emailing them from whatever email tool you're using, whether it be like Gmail or Outlook, um, just email them from there and be very careful not to spam. But if you're emailing specifically about your course, you're probably fine. So that um, brings me to course materials. Uh, And since we were just talking about Gmail, uh, so if you're using, if you have Gmail or G Suite, or if you're using um, Outlook, or Microsoft's equivalent of the productivity tools, then whether you're using them for free or using the paid versions, it's already part of your monthly expense. And so use those tools then to make your course materials. So if you need to make a download, maybe it's a Word doc that you save as a PDF, or maybe it's a Google Slides that you again convert to a PDF, or you use slides, PowerPoint to make the slides for your course videos um, that then get uploaded into your Facebook group. Other kind of bonus course materials could include things like transcripts and closed captioning. So Facebook groups, unlike Facebook pages, don't automatically generate closed captions for your videos. You can upload caption files. So here's the thing, how do you get those? How do you generate those caption files? So there's lots of services out there that um, will do it if you pay for it. Or they'll do it for free, but there's a, it's more like a free trial, like you can upload uh, up to 60 minutes of stuff and they'll transcribe it for you and then after that you have to pay. If you wanna keep it free for now, then just use YouTube. Upload your video to YouTube, uh, set up your account so that the automatic transcription is turned on, and then after a while, go back and check your video and download the caption file from YouTube. If you need to correct it, uh, you'll wanna correct it in YouTube and then download that version. Once you upload your transcript, sorry, your caption file to your Facebook group, there's no way for you to edit it within there. Um, So that's captions, transcriptions. Now I don't know if Microsoft has an equivalent um, kind of thing, but I know if you are a G Suite user, if you have a Google Doc, uh, it's got this feature called voice typing. So if you were to play back your video and turn on voice typing, it will basically transcribe your video for you and then you can format it and save it as a PDF or whatever you need to do and add it to your course materials. The other course material you might have is audio. Uh, So if you are using Facebook group, of course you'll know you can't upload audio files to Facebook, you can only upload videos. But if you say, had your audio files saved in Google Drive, you could share the links to those and post those inside your Facebook group if people just wanted to download the audio instead of watching video. So how are you going to get people to pay for your course? You can always use PayPal and Stripe Of course, technically, you don't have to pay anything up front to use PayPal and Stripe. They take their transaction fees off. So you're still getting dinged, but it's not an extra expense on top of things. And in fact, if you just know what the percentages are, you can kind of build that into your cost course as long as it doesn't make it go through the roof. What else else might you need for your online course that we can do for free? Um, So marketing materials, if you need anything like graphics, uh, we already talked about using Google Slides to make, you know, presentations or PDFs, but also consider Canva. If Canva is what you want to use to make graphics, you can also use Canva to make your workbooks and download them as PDFs. That's all included in the free plan. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of stock photo sites out there that you can use if you need images to kind of make them look really nice. If you need to do any sort of email marketing or make a kind of sales funnel, uh, a landing page where people can uh, get information and then purchase your course, um, there are plenty of email services. So this is, at this point, I wouldn't recommend just using like your G Suite your Gmail, your Outlook for this, you want a real email service provider for this function. And there are quite a few out there that have free plans. And the one that is really awesome that didn't used to have a free plan, but now does have a free plan is ConvertKit. (laughs) So if you are really bootstrapping, and you've kind of been focusing on like MailChimp and saying, oh, well, it's free. So I'm going to use that. Stop. Back away from MailChimp. Check out ConvertKit. Uh, so it has uh, a free plan with the kind of, same kind of parameters. You can have up to 1,000 subscribers for free. And so when you're starting out, that's probably no big deal unless um, you're going to invest a ton of money in ads and that's why you're bootstrapping your course. <laughs> but definitely check out ConvertKit because you can be emailing people, you can create a landing page. So if you have a full funnel where somebody is opting in for a freebie, that landing page, you can make that in ConvertKit. You could make it on your website, but if you don't have a website, then you don't need to you know pay for hosting and create something just to get this started. Create your landing page with ConvertKit, set up your email list, um, get people opting in, start emailing them, kind of warming them up for your course, and then at the end, you know, you can use ConvertKit to create another landing page that is your sales page, and link to PayPal or Stripe on there, and then that's how people pay to get in your course. So there's one example. Um, And some of those tools I talked about, uh, YouTube, Canva, uh, ConvertKit, G Suite, those are kind of free or low cost options that are kind of gonna come up again and again. But I wanna give you another example that has a different course host. So instead of Facebook groups, you could technically just use your G Suite account to host your course. And you do this by storing all your materials in a Google Drive folder. And as long as it's organized in a way that makes sense. So if you imagine your your course host is laid out, like here's modules and then within each module, here's the lessons. So create your folders in your Google Drive, just like that. So have your course name and then your subfolders are the modules and then within those folders, depending on how much material you have in each lesson. If it's just a video file, then you don't need to create separate folders for those lessons. But if you have a lesson that also comes with, say, a PDF transcript and a copy of the slides and some sort of homework sheet, then you want those bundled together inside a folder so people don't get confused. So just Create a nice structure like that so that people can follow along. And then in the end, when people are paying for your course, you are giving them access to that top level course folder and they can access everything underneath that. It's just that simple. So with G Suite, it's not going to have, of course, the same functionality that you would get in a Facebook group. So you'll probably have to do a lot more communicating with your students in terms of like what they need to be doing on a daily or a weekly basis. So you're probably going to be using your email a lot more. So again, for your students, you could just be using your your Gmail account for that. Of course, I keep talking about G Suite, but Microsoft would have sort of the same functionality if you were using OneDrive instead of G Suite. So I know I keep saying G Suite, but if you're a Microsoft user, in your head, just flip that to one, to all your Microsoft stuff. And when I talk about Google Drive, switch that to OneDrive. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're gonna have to do a lot more communication uh, because you don't have that kind of ad hoc Facebook group discussion functionality feature. So you are gonna wanna be more consistent with your emailing Uh, if you, if your course is fairly straightforward, then, you know, G Suite or Outlook might be good enough. If you do need to do any sort of minor automations based on like, oh, if a student didn't complete a certain lesson or didn't um, click on a certain thing in an email, then you're going to want to look at a solution like a convert kit. Or if you really have something against convert kit, I suppose you can look at MailChimp. Um, but for free, the automations aren't that great. Um, and then you can get a little bit more fancy with your email strategy without adding to your monthly expenses. Uh, one thing we, we never really talked about. Um, is editing your videos, or I suppose your audio, if that's what you're making. Uh, So, of course, the first tech stack I talked about, you were doing stuff in a Facebook group. So you were either doing your videos live in the Facebook group or you're uploading them. If you're using something like Google Drive or OneDrive to host all your materials, uh, you need something else to record with. So... You might be thinking, oh, I'm just gonna use the Google solution, which is Google Meet. Unfortunately, (laughs) you need an enterprise level G Suite account to be able to record Google Meetings. So that is why I'm just recommending you use Loom. Or you could even use the free version of Zoom. Totally up to you. Loom or Zoom will work fine and record your videos that way, and then save them to Google Drive. If you need to do any editing to your videos, so video editing can be quite frustrating and quite time consuming, especially if you've never done anything like it before. So my recommendation would actually be try, (laughs) it's easier said than done, but try not to make videos audio files that would need a lot of editing (laughs) and um, the reason for that is then that's one last thing for you to get stuck on and it can take a lot of time so if you just have really good bullet points and really good notes and you do some practicing then generally you can get through your video and you might have to trim a little off the beginning and off the end and that is super easy lots of tools can do that but if you need to Um, Cut things up in the middle, cut out spaces. If you messed up and you have to go back and cut out a section, you're adding things, adding slides in between, and narrating over stuff, it can get really complicated. So try to avoid that if you can. Um, But if you can't, then if you're a Mac user, iMovie is a really good solution for editing audio and video files. And you can use it just to do the quick trim, or you can do full video edits with it. Uh, If you are not a Mac user, if you have a Windows machine, then probably Camtasia is going to be your best bet. However, Camtasia is not totally free. So you can get a 30-day free trial, and then you have to pay. So what you could do is record all your stuff, then sign up for Camtasia and then edit all your stuff and make sure you get it done within 30 days. (laughs) That's my recommendation. Um, Then I think everything else in terms of having people pay for stuff, you know, PayPal or Stripe, Uh, if you need images, you can use Canva, communication using your email, you could also use Facebook Messenger again for meetings and for one-off communication, if your students are open to that. I, I did have a course one time where the instructor insisted that we all um, communicate over Facebook Messenger. That's not my cup of tea. I like to keep my Facebook me- Messenger for my personal friends. I don't like that to be non-personal communication. Um, so I found that quite frustrating. But all the other students were fine. What that meant was I wasn't quite her ideal student, um, and that you know became apparent as the course went on. I was like, "This is not for me." <laughs> so um, don't forget to think of of what your students might like while you're trying to bootstrap, and don't be afraid to ask them as well. So that is the second um, stack that will cost you either $0 a month or won't add anything in because some of the stuff you might already be using. So there you have it. Go ahead, use these tech stacks I talked about today or maybe this has inspired you to think about other free resources you could use. Maybe there's something else that you're already using and you're like, oh, that would totally work for me. And that is perfectly fine. Just remember, these aren't designed to be long-term solutions. Think of them as like getting your first junker car when you first got your license. And then as you get more experienced and you make more money, you upgrade to a nicer and a nicer car. So that's kind of how I want you to think about your online course tech. But For now, your task is simply to get shit done. Get your course out there. Start making money off of it. That is the most important thing you can do. Don't worry about all the fancy tools. Uh, Don't worry about, um, like, don't agonize over which one to use. Just bootstrap something because you know you're going to improve it as you go. That wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That is Brandy with an I, not with a Y. There you'll also find show notes and links to any of the resources I mentioned today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Bye.